Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Josh Osborne. We're going to talk about seeing God's love in Jesus in the scriptures today. And um, we'll be looking at John chapter 15. This is a foundational text uh, in seeing the way that God feels about us. And uh, when we see the way that God truly sees us and loves us, um, it changes the way we relate to God and it frees us to enjoy uh, true closeness with him. So I pray that that truth uh, hit your heart today by the power of his Holy Spirit and that you see that uh, God loves you and that we're able to uh, relate freely and lovingly with him. Um, So I'm in John chapter 15, verse 9 today, and we'll go on to verse 10 also. John chapter 15, verse 9. And it says this, it says, Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. Okay, so just a few observations here, and then we'll move on to some practical application. So this first part of this uh, verse here is just as. Okay, so this is a uh, denoting in the same way. Okay, so this isn't a rough approximation. This isn't uh, kind of like a, a drawing or you know your best best estimate. This is exact. Okay, it's like you're looking in a mirror. It's exactly what it is. Okay, now, for me, (laughs) when I look in the mirror and I see how much hair that I have, that's how much hair I have. It doesn't matter. It's not a rough estimate. That is exactly how much I have, okay? (laughs) That it's, it it is what it is. For some of you, you have other things. Now, God sees what we see, but he loves us. He uh, interprets it differently. We may see something and call it not good. God calls it good, and he loves us in spite of uh, anything that we feel is wrong. But the point is, it's the real thing. That's exactly what it is. Okay, so it's a mirror image in the same way that the Father has loved me. Okay, so what's the image? The way that the Father loves Jesus. Okay, and how does the Father love Jesus? Well, he says, when Jesus is baptized, there's a voice from heaven, and it says, This is my dearly loved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The way that the Father loves the Son is with an infinite, uh, uh, the extreme most amount of passion, an infinite amount of passion, actually. Never-ending, never-ending intensity, never-ending length, has loved him since before time began, will love him until after time ends. He's completely pleased with him. There's nothing about with whom I'm well pleased. There's nothing about Jesus that causes any displeasure to the Father. I want you to hear that again. There was nothing about Jesus that caused any displeasure to the Father. None. There is no displeasure. Okay. In that way that the Father has loved Jesus, Jesus loves you. And that is the revelation I want you to catch. There's no displeasure in it. There's no, well, I'd love you more if, or, well, I love you even though you're Uh, screw up. That's not the way that God loves his son. The way God loves his son is there's nothing about you at all that I take any displeasure in. I love you completely, wholeheartedly. There's nothing that could make me love you more or less. There's nothing that could make God love you anymore. It's a complete and infinite love because that's how he loves his son. So in the same way, that the Father has loved 
his son, Jesus, in an infinite way, causing no displeasure. That's how God loves you. And then it says, remain in my love. This is one continuous thought. There's no breaking up. So it's the same idea. This word remain in the Greek is the word meno, and it just means to remain or to abide, to live. So two kind of different ideas, but it's used 33 times in the Gospel of John alone. Um, frequently it's used in a situation, you know, Mary menoed, stayed with Elizabeth for however many months she did. So it's describing a situation where a person is staying or remaining in a place. And not only remaining, but abiding. Okay, so living. That I'm living within that place. I'm not just sitting there in a timeout waiting. I'm actually living there, right? That's what Jesus is commanding us to do. This word meno here is a command. I want you to remain and live in my love. And what's his love? It's not this ethereal, God loves me somewhere out there even though I'm a mess up. No, he described it. It's remaining in his love, which is the love that the father has for his son without any displeasure. I want you to live in that reality for the rest of your life. In fact, if you don't live in that reality, you if you don't remain in that, you will leave the power to live the Christian life. And more than that, you'll leave the reality and the power to relate rightly with God. The only way we would relate rightly with God is if we have faith that he loves us. Let me ask you something. Have you ever had a teacher or a, maybe an authority figure, I don't know, maybe a coach or uh, a parent, someone that was in a, a place of influence and authority in your life that you knew was out to get you or that didn't like you? Okay, let me ask you a follow-up question. How likely were you to pour out your soul and be close with that person? Uh, I would bet not very likely, right? In fact, you probably would think to do the opposite. You probably have that person in your mind's eye, that teacher, that coach, and you would probably run the opposite direction of trying to talk to them, right? That's what many of us do with God. Even if we're believers and have walked with God for a time, if we don't remain in this truth, we not only leave the truth of God's love for us, but we actually leave fellowship with God himself because God is love. How would I relate rightly to somebody? Maybe I continue to try to, you know, do my best in, in a you know legalistic, lawful kind of way, but that's not power to live a Christian life and to enjoy what Christ died for, for closeness with God. That's dead works. That doesn't get us anywhere. God didn't die on the cross so that you could do your best so that he loves you. God died on the cross so that you could remain in his love for you forever. That's the truth of this verse. So this is the, the truth we're grasping today, that that's how God loves you, with no displeasure. Okay, so what does that, what does that mean? How do, I, how do I do that? Okay, well, he says in the next verse, he says, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Okay, now, and this is not a... Hey, let me sh let me test to see how much you love me, right? Will you remain in my love? That's the test to see. If no, no. This is how I read this verse for a long time, and it's just not it's not a good way to read the verse. The reason why is because the whole of the Bible tells us how we can't keep God's commands and that He loves us anyway, right? Romans five eight. For while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Okay, I, even when I was sinning, God loved me, right? So how on earth could I? How on earth could I see this and say, well, God would love me more if, no, 
it, it can't be God would love me more if I kept his commands or God loves me when I keep his commands and he doesn't love me if I don't keep his commands. Even in the context, it's impossible. Look, it's just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Well, God loves Jesus with an infinite amount of love. He, he, he would be contradicting himself to say, well, I love you the same way God loves me, but I would love you more if you kept my commands. It's impossible. No, that's not what this verse is saying at all. It's saying if you will keep my commands in a spirit of obedience, right? If you are trying from your heart, even if you fail, even if you mess up some, if you're trying to keep God's commands, you're going to abide and remain in his love. Why? Because you're going to be remembering, I'm keeping these commands because I loved you. It's a love-based obedience, not a fear-based obedience of I'm trying to do this so God loves me more. It's a love-based obedience. I'm doing this because God loves me. I want to try to remain in his love. If I mess up, I'll come back to him. And because I was doing it from love, knowing that he loves me, I would say, I'm sorry, God, that I messed up, but I know that you love me. I was doing it because you love me. Help me to do it better, right? Instead of, well, I messed up. He must be mad at me, so I'm going to go run and hide, uh, which is exactly what Adam and Eve did in the garden, and it's what mankind has done since. So what do we do with this? Well, I wrote this statement down on maybe a practical way to remain in his love. When I approach God, when you're approaching God in prayer, when you're approaching God in worship, when you're approaching God in reading the, the word, when you're relating to God, I'm going to remember that he loves me in the same way just as he loves his own son without any displeasure. So I'm going to quote this verse Many times you'll come and maybe you'll feel guilty for something you've done or if you're anything like me, maybe you just have this phantom sense of guilt that just in general you should be a better person, right? Well, I have good news for you. That's not the way that God thinks or feels about you at all. He's revealed in his word, just as the Father has loved me, I also love you. God loves you with no displeasure at all. And this will empower us. Now what? This will empower us to enjoy a shameless, restful relationship with God. And I picked those words intentionally, and I felt as though even the Lord gave me those two words, shameless and restful. Okay, shameless, so I don't have any guilt. I have no, I should be better if I'm fully accepted and loved the way that Jesus is fully accepted and loved infinitely. And restful, I can finally stop trying so dang hard to prove to God that I love him or that I'm worthy or that, you know, I can finally stop trying so so dang hard and just relax that God loves me, man. <laughs> you, you can't do more. You can't do less. It's not about that. That's not how love works. You love someone because of who they are and who you are. They You just love them. You, you can't escape it. God's always going to love you. God knew about all the things that you feel like would would disqualify you from his love, and he was nailed to the cross for it. God loves you. God shows his great love for us in what he's done with his son. So today as you pray, as you read his word, I, I pray that this reality would, that you would remain in it and that you'd live in this framework of relating to God, that he loves you with an infinite love without any displeasure. Let me pray for you as we close today. Jesus, thank you for your word. And in the same way that the Father has loved you, that you love us, 
I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that that truth would pierce our hearts and that we would see your great love for us, Lord. I pray for those out there who may be struggling with guilt or with shame that the power of your word would, would break off all the lies from the enemy, Lord, and that they would see how much you love them. I pray for those who don't know you today, God, that they would sense the weight of their sin and they would see the great love of the Savior that came to rescue and forgive them. And I pray, Lord, by your Spirit, that they would be born again. Help us, Lord, to live in this truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for watching today, listening today. I pray that it blesses you. And I look forward to going more throughout the scriptures to see this very love in action that in the same way that God loves his son without any displeasure, that's how he loves us. God bless you.